people and and for Sarah and Christian, all the hard work they went through, they're pretty exhausted after uh, getting ready after the uh, after the big garage sale efforts and so forth. And then the week of camp, and now they they're asking me for two weeks off paid vacation. Now, so so uh, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's a blessing. We appreciate uh, Sarah and we appreciate uh, Brother Christian so much and how God's. Uh, uh, made that transition and what the Lord has in store for the future at the, uh, with the youth ministry and all the good things that uh, we look forward to. Take your Bible to Hebrews 11. Let's spend a little time this evening in Hebrews 11. I won't, uh, I won't um, uh, spend a great deal of time in, in that. We, we had to focus intentionally on the young people today and on the decisions that uh, have been made there, and so we're grateful for, for that uh, principally today. But uh, we need to hear from the Word of God, and so we'll do that today and uh, tonight. Before we uh, preach, I want to uh, take care of one matter of business. We got Ben back from uh, Bible College. He got his uh, one-year Bible degree there, of course, at Heartland Baptist Bible College. And, and during that time, of course, his uh, membership was at Southwest Baptist Church. And so we need to just receive him back into our uh, uh, membership officially. So I just need a motion from someone to receive Brother Ben Toydrich into our membership, Brother uh, John Soley, second from uh, Brother Ruben Gutierrez, and uh, uh, all in favor say a good hearty amen. 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 All right, uh, we've got that taken care of, and, and the made it official. So uh, someone said, well, he's singing in the choir, he's not a member yet. So uh, we, we got to take care of there, Ben. So, amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 through verse 13 is what I want to read today. If you'd stand together, as if you're able to, uh, as we look at Hebrews 11, verse 7 through verse 13, let's read it responsibly this evening. I'll read verse 7, you folks together, verse 8, and so on down to the 13th verse. Verse 7 to verse 13, Hebrews 11, if you would. By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because... Uh, she was uh, because she judged him faithful who had promised. All these died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That's good. Pay attention now. Are you ready? <laughs> and truly, if they had been mindful of that country uh, from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. I want to go down to, I'm sorry, 
I, I see why you didn't do that. I want to go, go down to verse 19. I told you verse 13. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, uh, verse 16. Together now. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that uh, had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Father, we thank you for the scriptures tonight. We ask you to add your blessing as we consider these two men of faith, Noah and Abraham. And we try to learn some things about our own uh, expressions of faith, our own actions in our faith. We pray, Lord, that you'd uh, give us guidance from your word tonight and your Holy Spirit would help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated there as we do that. I'm sorry to short uh, change you there. I wrote down 13. I meant 19 uh, there to finish through Abraham and Isaac. So uh, we're looking at uh, the, the Hall of Faith chapters, it's called. We're examining, we're looking back on faith now, the faith of others who, who practice the faith. And, and uh, we're looking in a backward direction as we go, as we, uh, go through the book of uh, uh, Hebrews and, <coughs> and chapter 11 and all of those that exercise this faith. But uh, biblical faith looks two directions. It, it looks back, like we're doing tonight, it looks back to the facts of God's Word and accepts those as truth, but also looks forward to the promises and the prophecies of God's Word and accepts those as truth as well. <clears throat> so faith is like that. It has a, two, uh, a two-directional uh, sight. And so we're going to consider that tonight. We want to see this forward-looking faith as we look into Noah's life and Abraham's life that we have here before us. In verse 7, uh, we see that uh, he talks, Noah talks about things not seen as yet. By faith, Noah, <coughs> excuse me, being warned of God, uh, uh, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Things he hadn't seen yet, he, he was getting warning about. He was getting a message from God about things that had never happened yet. It never had rained. He didn't know what rain was. And so uh, uh, being warned of God is th of things not seen as yet. He's looking forward now in faith. We look back on what did happen and we accept it as the truth because we believe the Word of God. We believe all of the Word of God. We accept it as the truth. But he was looking forward to something that hadn't happened yet. Same with Abraham. In verse 8 we read that, he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, that happens to me quite a bit, but it's not faith. It's not faith. I go out of one room and go to the next room, and I don't know whither I went and why I went there. So, you know, uh, so some of you have experienced that a little bit, and some of you will. If you haven't yet, yeah, you will. It's coming. It's a coming. You know, so that train's coming. It just hadn't come in your station yet. It'll be there. Uh, just wait on the platform. It'll be there. But, but uh, Abraham went out not knowing whither he went. He went by faith. He was trusting God and taking his, uh, uh, his um, life step by step, not knowing where he was actually going to end up. So faith moved both of these men into actions that demonstrated their faith. It was a forward-looking faith, and it was a forward-stepping faith into their future. And Hebrews 11 is for all of us tonight a call to faith that looks back on what God has done 
and looks forward to what God will do. Let's look first for a minute at Noah's faith. Uh, he heeded God's warning of a coming judgment. His faith demonstrated by his actions in response to that warning. Now, he preached this warning to the world. We wouldn't know that except that Second Peter, by the Holy Spirit, records that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We wouldn't know what he did that 120 years other than build the ark if we weren't able to read by the revelation of the Holy Spirit in other places what Noah did. So he was a preacher. He was a builder of a, of a ship. He was a shipbuilder and a, and a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching all of that time he was building about what God had warned him of. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we see him giving that warning opportunity after opportunity to people. If you have the opportunity to go and visit the ark that is a replica of uh, Noah's that uh, Ken Ham has put together there in, uh, is it Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky, the, there's some Kentuckians here, yeah. Uh, the ark landed in Kentucky, but uh, if you have the opportunity to go, you need to see that, and, and you can get a little idea of what it was like for the world around Noah to see this man and his sons building this giant uh, ocean-going vessel when there was no ocean around. There was no water nearby. He was building this on dry land, and it never rained, and so... so uh, He's, while that process is going on, it's a 120-year ministry that he has of preaching. And so uh, no converts other than his own family in that whole 120 years. He never built the mega church. He never was successful like we term success today. But he did what God called him to do. And so in God's eyes, he's successful. And so this preacher of righteousness is preaching. He's warning of a judgment to come. And... Uh, we, we see that uh, God there and over and over again in Scripture, God always provides a warning before the judgment comes. He gives that warning to nations. He gives that warning to people. He gives that warning to individuals. He always provides a warning before the judgment comes. And that's the mercy and that's the grace of God. God is under no obligation to provide any kind of a warning for judgment. I mean, you know, we, we got it coming. We got it coming. And so God's not obligated to provide any warning, but His love and His mercy and His grace uh, put Him in the position of providing us that warning over and over again. You'll see it in the Scripture. Whenever you find a judgment in the Bible, look back a little bit and you'll find that God sent uh, those out to warn of the judgment that was coming before it came. So you'll see it over and over again that the that the, uh, the, the truth of that, of that uh, statement. Now, when God uh, is uh, preparing to judge an individual, He's going to give that individual warnings, you know. And uh, we read about that in, in uh, the book of Hebrews when we uh, get, get a little later into the book. In chapter 12, we're going to see how that the Lord uh, will chasten His children and He'll warn them and He'll chasten them some more and warn them and chasten them some more. Uh, all in an effort to bring them back to the place of repentance. And he does that with the lost as well. Uh, no one is judged and cast into hell without first having passed up warning sign after warning sign after warning sign. So it is with, uh, with Noah. Now, Noah's uh, response to God's warning illustrates several things. 
he, he obeyed God and prepared the, uh, uh, the ark. He, he saved his own household. He warned others. All these things indicate the genuineness of Noah's uh, testimony, of his faith. He built a ship on dry ground. It, as I said earlier, it had never rained. They didn't know what rain was. Rain was a new concept until the, uh, the heavens uh, broke up, the firmament above broke up and rained down mightily. It came from below, it came from above and filled uh, the earth uh, with the flood that uh, destroyed the world. Now, in that verse we read in verse 7, it says something remarkable. Look at it again. He says, um, He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So this ark, he says, it's by, by that ark, Noah condemned the world. How is that? Why does God say that? Why does it say that in preparing the ark, he condemned the world? Well, there's good reason for that. Uh, the reasons for it are these. Number one, because the warning of impending judgment was plain as Noah was preparing the ark. It was obvious that something big was going to happen, and Noah was telling them about that. So in, in preparing that ark, he is writing the condemnation sentence against the world who is rejecting that warning. Um, he's a preacher of righteousness, and he's clear and consistent on that. Second Peter calls him a preacher of righteousness. So it's obvious that it was, wasn't something he just stood up and preached one time, said amen, closed the book, and went back to work. He was a consistent preacher of righteousness for generation after generation after generation that were coming up, growing up, and moving into, uh, into sin. As we read about the world of that time, we see that their thoughts were only evil continuously. And so generation after generation was following in the evil of their parents and grandparents, Yet Noah was a preacher of righteousness during all of this time. So all of that was going on, and all of that was a, condemn, a sentence of condemnation against those who rejected. And so uh, certainly his preparing the ark was a condemnation to the world. And it was also true because the choice was given. The choice was given when you have the opportunity to go and visit Ken Ham's version of the ark. You're going to go inside and you're going to recognize the enormous capacity that is inside the ark and the room that there would have been for many, 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 many more people to uh, be saved out of judgment had they responded to Noah's preaching. Uh, certainly that uh, could have been the case. But to a person, all of them rejected the message of Noah and all of them turned their backs on the truth all of them said it's all a bunch of nonsense, and certainly we can hear those kinds of voices yet today who will tell you as a Christian that it's just a bunch of nonsense that you're believing, it's a bunch of silliness that you're believing, and they'll lump your, your, uh, your faith in Christ in with all the other uh, world's conspiracies that they follow after and believe in and believe on, and they'll just say you're just like all the other crazies that are believing all these other crazy things and your, your uh, faith is just as crazy as all the rest of them. And so certainly you have uh, that kind, those kinds of voices today. Thankfully, we're not at the point where Noah's generation was where that the whole of the people, 
all but his family were in that condition. And all but his family whose hearts were only evil continuously. Uh, thank God we're not at that place uh, yet. But certainly we have those, we hear those voices uh, there in our culture, in our world, who would, uh, who would belittle you. You young people were saying, I want to be a more faithful witness. And you, several of them said, as we all know, we all know this, that it's difficult, isn't it, to witness sometimes. Uh, we do, as, uh, as Richie pointed out, we do want to be accepted. We don't want people not to like us. We don't want people to think we're an idiot. We don't want people to think we're weird. We don't want people to think we're, you know, this strange uh, cultish kind of a thing that's uh, really extreme on, the, uh, on uh, following the Bible. We, we want to be, we would like to be, you know, liked. We would like to be accepted in the, you know, in our peer group. We would like, uh, you know, we'd like people to, to not hate us. <laughs> so so um, uh, certainly that is uh, valid. Uh, that is a valid thing. But uh, there are times when we do have to make a choice to, to stand for the truth, regardless of what the response to it might be. So it was with uh, Noah. He, uh, he was in a world that was like that. And so because they had the choice given to them and none of them heeded that choice, the thing that saved Noah condemned them. The ark that saved Noah was a message of condemnation against the rejecting world. And so it was the same, uh, the same uh, waters that judged the world floated the ark. The same waters that judged the lost saved the saved ones that were within the confines of that ark. And so it is true that uh, uh, the, uh, the ark that he was preparing did conde uh, condemn the world. Now the world was, uh, was not condemned in ignorance of the truth. The world was co condemned in rejection of the truth, see. Uh, they, they weren't there not knowing at all what was happening. They were all too clear on what was happening. And so it was they were rejecting that truth. So Noah looked now after the, uh, after the flood was completed, after the flood was done and life began again, Noah looked forward yet in faith. He looked forward yet in faith to a deliverer that was promised to come. So there's the example that we have for uh, looking at Noah's life, we, we, we're able to look back in faith on what God did already and trust the truth of God's word. And we're also able to look forward like, uh, Noah, like Noah was to the coming of a deliverer. Our deliverer has come, our Lord Jesus Christ has come the first time, but our faith is now looking forward to his coming the second time and finishing the work that, uh, he, that he began at uh, uh, his first uh, ministry here and the and the uh, saving of souls, and now he's going to usher in his kingdom when he comes again. So we're looking forward in faith to that. Now we have Abra Abraham's example uh, in this forward-looking faith as well. Faith is exercised in obedience to God. That's how uh, it was, and that's the message there of, <coughs> of Abraham's faith. He uh, was told to get up his goods and family and to move out of Ur of the Chaldees and to move to a place he'd never seen before, didn't know anything about. And faith is exercised in that obedience to God. <clears throat> We're reminded that obeying God is, about, uh, is not about knowing the details beforehand. When the children, you know, are told, um, uh, I heard uh, Carrie calling uh, Hershey the other night there, and we, we were working in the house downstairs, and Carrie said, Hershey, come here. 
And uh, he said, what for? <laughs> Just come here. What for? Come here. What, what do I have to do? You know, so, uh, so he's got a learning curve there. It's a little, a little deeper than others uh, maybe, but, uh, uh, but he's learning. He's learning, you know. Uh, obedience involves just, uh, you know, doing like, like Abraham learned to, to just follow the, the command without knowing the details of it. Hershey's a guy like me that would like to know the details of what he's getting himself into before he commits himself to it, you know. Uh, but mom and dad aren't, aren't interested in whether or not he wants to commit himself to it. They just want obedience, you know. Uh, and, and so it is with our Heavenly Father. Uh, we don't need to a- a- examine the details of what he's calling us to and where we're going and what we're going to do when we get there. We just have to take the first step of faith and take that step by faith, trusting the Lord to, to provide for us along the way that we go. Uh, you know, I never had a notion that God would call me to preach when I went to Bible college. I only went because the situation at University of Arizona wasn't a good one, and I wasn't uh, advancing. I wasn't happy, and I only went to Bible college with the idea that, well, I just know that, uh, you know, the, it seems to me that God is leading me there, and that's all I know. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. don't know where my job is going. I went, to, I went to Bible college with a 48 Plymouth and $85 in my pocket, and in that day, $85 bought you uh, a month of um, room and board fees and tuition books, you know, so, so um, it was a pretty good deal uh, at that time. So I scraped together $85, didn't have a job, didn't know where, where I might get a job, never been to Southern California, and I loaded up my 48 Plymouth and prayed that the Lord would get that there and uh, get me there, and so um, yeah, there we did and uh, began uh, into that first year, and then all the details begun, begun to come into place, and all the things that I was confused about cleared up, and all the areas where I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going, wh- what I would be, and what uh, you know my life was going to be about, all of that began to fall into place, but it didn't occur until I took that first step of faith, not knowing whither I went, you know not knowing whether I went. And so it is with all of you that have uh, come to that place where you have uh, taken that first step. You know God wants you know God wants you to do this. You don't know what's out on past that, but you're trusting God will guide you along the way. And so he does. He does exactly that. That's what happened with Abraham. He called, uh, God called him in verse 8 and he obeyed. It's just a few words in between. God called him and he obeyed in verse number 8. And so we have, that, uh, we have that lesson there that is given to us. Uh, Abraham went out, not knowing whether he went, but uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, he, there was nothing unusual about him. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a priest. <coughs> he wasn't a king. He, he was not a, you know, he was not a man of great influence in the, in the world. He was an ordinary man, but God called him and... Uh, uh, and had a purpose for him that he, he w- if he'd have known what uh, God had in store for him, he might have run the other way. And it is, it is so with you and I, too. If, if, if God did reveal all that he wants for you, you might run the other way, think I could never, never do that. So, so just take the step of faith and, and honor him. Follow him step by step as Abraham did. Little did he know that he would become the father of many nations. And uh, the whole Middle Eastern part of the world traces some lineage back to Abraham. So what, a, what an influence that he has had, uh, these nations that, that find their origins in this one man, Abraham. So 
a, a single step of faith. God called him not knowing whether he went, uh, and he stepped out not knowing whether he went, he obeyed there. So, uh, of course, came the, we read about it, the supreme test of Abraham's faith was when he was called to sacrifice his own son, as we read in verse 17 through 19, how that he, uh, he just trusted God. If God does call me, cause me to plunge the knife into my son uh, Isaac, that God will raise him from the dead. He had that kind of faith that he just trusted God regardless of the fact he did not have any understanding at all of what was going to happen. I like what he said to Isaac when they were heading up to the mount. He said, Isaac said, Father, I, I see the wood for the sacrifice and, and the other details, but I, I don't see the sacrifice itself. And uh, Father said, uh, Abraham said unto Isaac, he said, The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Uh, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. And he literally fulfilled that, didn't he, when he did give himself as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Thank God for the fact that though Abraham didn't know it, God had a plan and a purpose already in mind for all of this. And the great trial of his faith was, will he take that step of obeying me to the point where in his mind it may be the end of his son's life? And he did, he did. So our faith... Uh, uh, is uh, to be patterned after Abraham's uh, faith in the sense that <coughs> our obedience isn't dependent on whether we understand it or not. We simply obey because we are called and, uh, and we're responding to what God commands us in His Word. Like Abraham's, our faith needs to look forward also to a better country. Verse 16, Now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. We're pilgrims here. We're passing through. We, we don't want to get our roots down too deep. And as much as we love our country and we love America, we love patriotism, we love our heritage, and we thank God for, uh, for uh, those things that remind us of our godly heritage as a nation, as much as that is so, we have a better country coming. We got a better country coming. And so... And, uh, you know, we lament over the conditions in some, in some senses in our country and in the world that we live in today. But thank God we're, we're strangers and we're pilgrims. And he said, uh, Abraham, he just had a tabernacle, a tent, you know. He didn't, uh, he didn't drive the stakes down too, too deep. Uh, and he never considered himself just a resident of that, that area of the world. He, uh, uh, he looked for a better country whose builder and maker was God. He looked for a better country that had permanent foundations, and uh, that country is yet to come for us as well. So as we see Abraham recognizing his pilgrim status, we also need to be reminded of our own pilgrim status. Uh, chapter uh, 11 there, verse 13, and the end of it there. Um, and they, uh, they, um, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Sometimes it's good for you to have confession Come to confession, and uh, the confession is right here. Your confessional booth is uh, in your closet or in your home somewhere, and the, the Lord is your high priest, <laughs> and uh, you come to him and confess that you, you're needing to remember that you're just a pilgrim and stranger in this earth, and if the earth, if the world doesn't embrace you and love you, <clears throat> if the world doesn't celebrate you, that's okay, because you're not going to be staying here uh, permanently. You have a better country you're headed for, and so thank the Lord for that. Uh, Noah uh, said it, and Abraham said it, and did it, 
uh, and uh, they recognized that though they hadn't received all God's promises, that they could see them. They could see them coming. And that's something you and I uh, can embrace as well. The first part of verse 13 says, All these died in faith, not having received the promises. So, uh, you know, we'll live, and, and if the Lord tarries, we'll die uh, without having received all the promises that are given in God's Word to, to Christians. But he said, All these died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were persuaded of them. There's faith there. They were persuaded of the truth of those promises, and they embraced them. They didn't, uh, uh, you know, they weren't skeptical of them. They weren't wondering about them. They weren't trying to explain them away. They embraced them and, and confessed then that they were pilgrims and, uh, and strangers in the land. So that's what we need to do as well. We need to embrace the promises of God and, and believe them to the point where we can actually see them. We can see them being fulfilled uh, and see them afar off. So the promises of God are for us much closer than they were for them. Uh, they saw them afar off. I see them pretty close, pretty close in. Uh, and uh, so we have, a, we have a, a place that is a better country. Can you imagine when Jesus left the earth, he says to the disciples, he says, look, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to prepare a place for you, <laughs> uh, that where I am there ye may be also. And he is uh, in the preparation process. We read about how that there's a place being prepared here, a heavenly place, a better country. You imagine it's been thousands of years of preparation. What kind of a place is this going to be when we finally get there? I tell you, we have a lot to look forward to, the, that kind of a place. So um, uh, we, we have that warning Let's uh, be careful not to have uh, our faith and our mindset in the, in the world, in this present world too much. Verse 15 gives us that, uh, that sense. He says, truly, if these people that we've been talking about had been mindful, if they'd had their mind full of that country from whence they came out, they might have uh, had the opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is heavenly. So the idea there, the warning is there, they, if they had gotten their minds back on where they came from and the old world and the old life like the Israelites did in Egypt and that, he said, then they're going backward instead of forward. But they weren't doing that. They didn't have their mind full of the present world. They had their uh, heart set on a better country, and so must we. A better place, a better future, a better time ahead. And, and uh, so enjoy the, enjoy the trip along the way, but don't drive the stakes of your tent in this life too deep. Recognize that we're passing through and we're on the way to the promised land, uh, Beulah land. Let's look forward to that. Let's stand together, give an invitation. And if you need to respond tonight at the altar here, come on ahead and uh, do business with the Lord. Thank God for these young people, many of them at the altar time and again this week as uh, the Spirit of God moved them in response to the word preached. And uh, perhaps you tonight uh, are, you know, uh, are touched by the Holy Spirit to respond in some way too. Thank God for every giant that is slain by the rock of the Word of God in our lives. And thank the Lord for the opportunities He gives us to uh, go on in obedience to Him. Let's uh, give a verse of invitation. If you need to respond to tonight, come on ahead. 493 is I'll live for Him. 493, our hymn tonight. Father, we do ask that you bless our young people. We're so grateful.